Welcome to Nitty Gritty this week. We It was the episode of the killer fly. Damn that fly. It was everywhere. If you really want to be entertained, look at the YouTube channel. I wish there was a camera on Brent. <laughs> if you hear a crashing in the background, it was Brent trying to Mr. Miyagi this fly. He was all focused. He like took a swipe, knocked his headphones off. His chair almost flew out from under him. It was hilarious. Totally but distracted. Me. We had Heidi Powell and Brooke Entz with us today, and it was fun. It was way fun. So Heidi Powell from, so Chris and Heidi Powell, her now ex-husband, yep, which you will hear about. Extreme Weight Loss, right. the television yep. show. And Brooke is a CrossFit athlete, Actress. social media extraordinaire. Yeah, we didn't get to talk about Wonder Woman. Yeah, that's just like really subtly mentioned. Oh, yeah, yeah when I was filming Wonder that. Woman. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> But, but the conversation is honestly kind of all over the place. It went all over the place, which I liked. I mean, it started with... If you listen to us, you know that's kind of par for course. Yeah, and I like that. I like that people just come in and we just kind of take a conversation wherever we want it to go. Yeah. I mean, we definitely talked about the main things that they're involved in, which obviously is fitness, but Heidi's had some crazy like marriage stuff going on, um, and she's very open about it, Like, has such a good attitude about it. Yeah really healthy way about dealing with it. And so there's a little bit of everything. We talk a lot about social media and. And just like everything, a lot of the stuff, maybe the topic was fitness, but you can take it and apply it to just about anything relationships or business or sport. Yeah, you know, otherwise whatever. I wouldn't have listened. Right. <laughs> Cause I'm sitting here going, can we keep, do we have to keep talking about fitness? Please, please no. It was like 30 straight minutes, <laughs> but it led into some really cool things, just like the eating disorder stuff and, yeah. you know, the marriage stuff. And I, anyway, I hope we can get her back on because she, she's awesome. She's a very open book. And if it wasn't time constraints, we probably would have talked another two hours. Yeah, that was our bad. So we made them late. We Hopefully just moved we up the back. priority list. That's, That's right. all. Like we earned it. It was a good conversation and they were awesome. So I think this is a fun one. Yeah, so check it out. If you like it, share, rate, review. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Nitty Gritty Podcast. We have two really shy people on today. <laughs> this is really exciting. You know, I don't... Is that, How do you say your last name? Ants, I want to say Anse, but that's like the Spanish speaker in me. I was like, let me hear it. Your initial would Inky. be Beyonce. Anse? 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 Ents. Mm-hmm. I should have known that. Stupid Spanish. I went on my mission. It just ruined everything. <laughs> Man, it, missions do ruin everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So do a great no, we have, I will say people usually mess it up because they say NC. Okay. Because my first thought too is like it's four letters. Like how can you I mess guess that with up? Mike Pence nowadays, that might help your last name, right? Like, I, I mean, I get it. I, I love that that was the first. I get it, but. Correlation. You sure yeah. Well, oh, Brooke it's Pence. the same name with just a P. Brooke Pence. So we have a friend of the so podcast poor? that, so Heidi Powell. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. I Thanks feel for like having this me has been. Uh, uh, Brewing for a while. Like six months. We've yes. kind of gone back and forth trying We're to get Heidi on here. For sure. It has. And her friend Brooke Entz. Very good friend of mine that I've known forever. I think I've had about seven schedule changes since <laughs> since we started talking. It's it's totally fine. Here. But she brought her friend Brooke Entz. And so, yeah, we've just been chatting it up. I think <laughs> we could have like a 30-minute pre-show with we all could. of our conversation before. But welcome. Thanks good. for coming. 
Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. a surprise for, for me. Us. <laughs> surprise, Brooke. You just thought you were coming along to hang out. I'm like, hey, um, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And I'll be, oh, yeah, okay. And then I walk in and Heidi's like, you're doing the podcast. And There's I was like, mic oh, set up for right. <laughs> She's like, I don't do podcasts. She's we're like, like I say no to a lot today, of podcasts. But there's barbecue. That's what we said. And then you're like, I'm in. Just feed me. <laughs> Deal. We can do that. Every guest walks away with barbecue. That's just a, that that's, amazing. That's just what happens. That's why I'm so. here. That's why Thank most you. people come. Let's be honest. That's why we Honestly, can't move this place. We got to keep the studio it here. so bomb. Thank you. It gets old. Like <laughs> I can imagine. I don't have anything that doesn't smell like, like barbecue. barbecue. Like, you like funny, also like, just attracting. I like, just, my hockey sticks smell like barbecue. Like it's, <laughs> you just, I have the air filter going 24 seven and it just, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Come through the vents, but I've been cooking for about 10 years now and it just started getting old, like Did six it? months ago where i got to go right home and change Yeah, because I just, I get sick of the smoke smell, but do you anyway, everybody here? else loves it. Do you cook here? Yeah. You do? Well, yeah. No, wow. they buy it. They buy it. And I bring mean, it I didn't know if you had chefs that cook. That's me. What? So He's who's cooking right now guy. for the people So me, me and Bryce are, okay, so that wow. I have one other cook. So him cool. and I do all the meat. So I cooked all the meat today. I cooked. Wow. Yeah. Still do it. Those, you walk by two big old like stainless steel. Those are massive smokers that you walk by. Okay. So we just cook right in here. So you yeah. would be really unimpressed with my cooking skills. Really? Yeah. Listen, we all have gifts. I'm sitting right next to him. So don't worry. He microwaves <laughs> popcorn. So I crock pot chicken. That's like the extent. You know what? You crock pot. That is a step in the right that's direction. A, exa- that's You're a slow great cooking it. slow cooking yes. is a great way to cook. It's barbecue yeah. without smoke. Yeah. There we it's, go. That's the same yeah. exact type of cooking we do, just okay, without cool. big logs burning. So yeah. big difference. So yeah. anyway, fly. Anyway, so welcome. This is exciting. <laughs> Thank you. Kind of want to just jump right back jump into in. what we were talking jump about. Jump in. Yeah, go, go ahead jump. first. You are now. Ex-husband, okay. Number two. <laughs> you guys, here's the thing. It's one of those things, I'm not yourself. proud of it, but what happened, like I have to call it out because if I, it's like if you can't beat them, join them. And I can't beat the people that are making fun of me that I am now twice divorced, so I'm going to beat you to it. You know, it's not such an abnormal thing nowadays though. I mean, But I'm 38, you know? Listen. I think it's a very old way of thinking it to think is. that like a woman. Are we having a therapy session? Yes. Right That's now. what podcasts are. <laughs> <laughs> it's Make a very it's a very about old this, it's a very old way of thinking to be like I'm 38 like I'm gonna grow old alone. Well, I don't I definitely don't think I'm gonna be alone. No, but I'm, just, but I'm just but I'm just I'm just saying like uh it, I think it's way it's way better. I just for, don't want to be like seven husbands deep. That's my intel. But if you are, you are, man. <laughs> So and that's one pretty, uh, hell of a ride. Successful people that <laughs> and have will quite you a few spouses. One hundred percent. Will you guys I'll, have me on the podcast? You know, of course. Every husband. After every, there's just more be, stories to tell. I'll walk time. you down the aisle, and I will also hold your hand when we're leaving the courthouse signing divorce papers. Will you? Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like when the all the good-looking girls get sent off of the Bachelor. Yeah. And they all do the same thing. They all cry into the camera and say, "I just feel like I'm never going to find love." <laughs> and you're just like, uh, "Have you looked in the mirror?" Well, You're here's good. the thing. Like they I, all say. It. They do. I know better. And I know good. I will definitely find. But my my thing is I know as a human I evolve drastically. Like who I who I am now is very different than who I was 6 years ago. Who I was sure. 6 years ago was drastically different than who I was when I married Chris and who I was when I married Chris and or divorced Derek was very different than who I was when I married him. And just knowing human evolution, not only for myself, but the person that I'm with and seeing how Chris evolved over the course of our marriage, 
has me wonder if forever is actually a thing that can keep two people happy the entire time. Because I think a lot of people stay in a marriage because of social pressure, where in reality they might be happier separate. Unless you can find a way to evolve together. Not See, I think we need to, involve, uh, to yeah. evolve into separate bedrooms. <laughs> like, we got to have some sort of like, that, private okay. life still, you know, like yes. with a Jack and Jill everything, right? So, yeah. walk in closets in I the middle, like big bathroom. Like, so but, you only share the bathroom, but then, you have separate bedrooms? I'd rather share the bed and have separate bathrooms. I would rather have a Jack and Jill bed. I just feel like it's good to have a little bit of independence. Not when I say bathroom. If you got enough room in the Jack and Jill to have your own closets, like you're going to have kind of your own. What what if you have enough room in the Jack and Jill to have two toilets? Because I don't want a man using my toilet. Exactly. And two sinks. So essentially, it's two separate suites that connect. Right. With just an adjoining (laughs) hall. Like like, it's like a secret (laughs) tunnel to go back and forth. Yeah. But no, and I think it's funny what you said because people don't think about this when they get married. We all do. I mean, yeah. kids change you. Hopefully, everyone work changes. changes. Everybody is going to change. Who it's you, inevitable. Yeah, who you I mean, realize you can yes. become. The people that the people that like to be point. like, I'm the same person I was when you married me. It's like, <laughs> I, I know. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the problem. The problem, man. <laughs> we hope they evolve. <laughs> yes. Right and mature. That's a good point. I mean, I mean my par- not everybody grows. My parents. Uh, I've been, they're still, they're still married. They've been married. Let's see. How old is my brother? They've been married 40 years, over 40 years, and they have a better relationship now. And just like the last like five years than they had my entire upbringing. And that's awesome. And and a a big thing was like, I'm the, I'm the baby. So when I moved away to school, it was very hard for my mom she had to relearn how to be alone with my dad again. Because when you have kids, and it makes a lot of sense why you would end up putting off your personal needs, because it's very easy to, when you have, and if you have a family of like four, there's four in my family, and we all did tons of extracurricular, where they could really push aside their problems because they were so busy That's so working full yeah. time. They both owned their own businesses, and their kids all were doing a Driving million things. Sports and- yeah, and so... You know, and my mom always is like, you know, she, we had a phone call the other day and she heard my sister were on the phone and we were talking about, you know, her as a grandma or things that she now just being self-aware and vulnerable and being willing to not get upset when she has to, when she chooses to bring light to the way things were, how she used to respond or her old uh, communication patterns or things like that. And now she, she feels more confident of being able to, I guess be judgmental in a positive sense of her actions in the past and being able to explain and, uh, you know, share with people that's like, that she learned. Yeah. Like, it, critical. You know, like, yeah. Like you being to, critical. Yeah. You have to acknowledge what had happened criticism. and learn from it. Yeah. Just like in, in business and life. Tons of growth. And, and like in a sense of like her and my dad is, they were able to get to a point where they allowed each other to, be critical and grow together yeah. I think and reconnect great. in a way that like they have a much, I mean, much better life, sex life. My mom told me my dad was like, man, why weren't we doing this years ago? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's important though, like yeah. with my wife and I, because I think you have to like along the way you have to set aside and you have to like, so for example, like my wife and I, we go on a date every Friday night, yeah. like 
no questions asked because you have to continually date that person mm-hmm. and fall in love with who you are and where you're at. You know, like I need to fall in love with her as newlywed, as a mother of one, yeah. two, three, four, kids get older. Because all these different life stages, you're, you know, different things happen, mm-hmm. right? Like when the kids were younger, she's like, I, someone's always dragging on when you yep. got a bunch of little kids, it's yeah. they're just always hanging. And so now we can date differently because our youngest is now four. And so you can do things differently now. And so I totally agree. But I think if you put in the effort, I think it's totally possible to evolve and grow together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's interesting. And and the whole dating thing that you just talked about is something. So Chris and I actually never planned on getting married ever because I had just come out of a marriage. Like I, I was di- newly divorced. I met Chris <clears throat> within the year after my divorce was, f- was final. And we didn't date for a while. I kind of worked with him and I was like trying to fix him because I'm a fixer and he had lived out of his car. Oh, you're a girl. I am. Yeah. And he had like a painkiller addiction. There were all these things I was fixing and he had a massive dream and he was authentic and I thought I could fix him. And, And we did. We did so much together and a bond grew from that. Like I was trying to get him to love me through what I would dump into his vision. And I remember him saying like, oh, no girl will ever be an exception. I'll never marry anyone. I'm like, oh, he doesn't know me. Like, I will get him to marry me. And I did. Um, Challenge. Was, yeah, really yeah, it was. On his part, <laughs> That's what it right? was like. But, but Like a car trick, I know. It is. It's here in a car. <laughs> and of the, and we do. You need to tonight. Yeah, I will. Tonight. I think on the podcast. We'll say that. We'll talk about that in the intro. But no, I mean, Let's talk about I think it's awesome to talk about because – you have a much healthier way of talking about your divorces than most people divorces. I've met. Divorces. Right? Ah, plural. I'm sorry. But it's true. Yeah, it's don't. true. And it's okay. It's, I'm like, proud. You got a smile on your face. I do. And the right? reality is I am so lucky that I have, I truly, Brooke knows them all. All. All my ex-husbands. <laughs> I know all of them. And All my exes I live do. in Texas. That's the song <laughs> that keeps happening in my head right now. I have, I actually have two men who, and it's been really rough. And I, I like, I mean, it's been hard to get, and I, with Derek, I had to be very consistent after our divorce in a lot of ways that were comfortable and a lot that were really uncomfortable until he felt good around me. And same with Chris. It's nice. It's, it was nice going through a divorce with Chris in a place where I've already been through it and I know what stuff triggers me and I know what to stay away from. I know money doesn't matter. At the end of the day, I don't remember what plates I got when Derek and I divorced. I don't remember who got the couch. I wear, and your first time through a divorce, ever like the napkins matter and so i had to be like well, it's like the competition right like no yes. i'm gonna win this yeah and it was great to have derek because i can't talk sense into chris but to have derek say chris you're not gonna remember any of this like and he derek and chris are very good friends so were they friends before um just through i they they were they're very respectful to each other they're great to each other i guess there's they have been, to kind of have a relationship with the kids and everything yes. while you were married with yeah chris. okay but the divorce actually has brought the two of them closer and me and derek closer Um, but yeah, how long did it take for you and Derek to get to that healthy amicable? Yeah. So when Derek and I divorced, um, it was very, I mean, I don't think it was until after. So Chris and I had been married. We, Chris and I started the show while we worked, we started the show, we got married, we had cash. So it was in 2013. I remember I have memories of it still being really hard with me and Derek. And by hard, it was hard for Derek to accept the new normal and, 
I mean, I don't think anybody wants their wife to leave and then suddenly meet a guy within the next year and go start a freaking TV show on ABC and her life explodes. Like that wouldn't be comfortable for anyone. You know what I'm saying? And I, I think... I'm super sensitive to that. Derek and I have talked about it, which is why I feel more than okay saying it on here. It's hard when your heart's broken. And like, I, I definitely hurt him by knowing that I was holding him back and he was holding me back. And me being the one to kind of part us. Now, here we are. And we're both in a place where we both see that it was the best thing for both of us. Um but yeah, it took, it was probably not until 2015. Um, so six and a half, seven years after Derek and I divorced that we were good friends. And then we've had ups and downs since. Like we've had times where, you know, we're, we're not good. Um, and I do feel like over the past year, year and a half, he and I have come to a place where it's, it's so brother, sister-like, there's honestly no, there's nothing I don't think that could happen that could actually, we we get mad at each other, but it's like, I'll never disown my brothers. I'll never, and he right. is like one of them. He's great. It took time. It took time and patience and understanding and unconditional love on both sides. Well, it's, it's healthy because you still have the kids that you yeah. have to co-parent, right? And yeah. kind of, you still have to communicate with each other totally. and make sure they're taken care of. So yeah. I'm sure they're grateful that you guys are friends. They they are. And I like Maddox and Mars, who now have been through, those are my kids with Derek. <clears throat> They've been through two divorces. And as crazy as it sounds, and I, I especially want to say this for parents out there that have guilt associated with divorce, because I did, and I don't carry it anymore. But those two kids are the most incredible, respectful, well-rounded, kindest kids and I give so much credit to Derek like just for who he's been um and I wouldn't I mean Brooke you are you know Marley and Maddox very well they're mm-hmm. awesome all your kids are awesome oh, How old are Ka- they? oh they're great Maddox is 15 okay almost 16. that's your oldest yeah and he's funny as hell and loves his mom and literally I look at him one I mean he respects me never talks back and if he does and I give him that look he's he's a good kid Marley is like my mom sometimes. I don't know how I got so lucky to have kids that are so good. I feel like that about Taya sometimes. <laughs> and then, yeah, Cash and Rubes are obviously great, but they're still young. So it's really the challenging years start happening about 9, 10, 11, 12, as they start going into their teen years, you know? So I feel... Do you see I the older the two kind of helping the younger two the way that Derek is kind of helping Chris? 100%. Like, kind of have a big brother, big sister to help him through it? Yeah, and the way, here's the thing, you guys are going to get so annoyed because I actually feel like I won the jackpot in life. And I've had a lot of happen to me too and a lot of bad mistakes. But like something about the way that I view things, no matter the situation, I'll be like, it's the most amazing. (laughs) But I, the way that my kids, I'm a silver lining person. I had, you know, two really close. There was a five-year gap and then two really close. And it's just like us. It's awesome. Oh my gosh. and a half apart. Yes. Five years and two years. Same. And it's the best because Maddox and Marley just love on Cash and Ruby. And it's like there's so much space. Uh, There's enough space to where there's no competition, but not too much to where they don't relate, you know? Um, And of course, we have our challenges. And when Maddox is around, there's always a fight going on between the kids or when Cash is around. It's always the boys. (laughs) There's always a fight. But like, yeah, they, they get along really well. Do you mind if I ask, so where are they 
our kids with you or the kids with Chris? Dads. <laughs> you, with the dads? You, you were going to say dads, huh? I wasn't going to say dad. I was. <clears throat> it's hard to remember <laughs> both names. <laughs> So God anyway, bless the next they, man. Right? God bless. Actually, whoever the next one is is going to be super lucky because there are a lot of good people in the family. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So right now, the way that I, I have Cash and Ruby half the time, so it's one week on, one week off. And I have Maddox and Marley like 75, 80% of the time. And so my kids all, when Cash and Ruby are there for that week, I have Maddox and Marley there that whole week. So I just kind of took my divorce decree with Derek, showed it to Chris. And I'm like, hey, I know you want the kids 50. Can we have all the holidays, all the days with the kids overlap? And Chris is like, yeah, of course. Like, Cause everyone, right. their kids are the priority. Right. So right this moment, um, Cash and Ruby are with Chris, Maddox and Marley are with Derek, Derek and Chris, actually get together and go to movies when they Do all they have the really? I am not wow. even kidding you guys. You could have them both on and they will attest. I'm telling you I'm the luckiest person in the world. That's pretty cool. That's really it's, neat. It, and talk, it's not like they both are good enough men to where they can put their egos and their pride aside and just care about the kids. It's awesome. Kids can do that. That's for sure. I know. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I like it. You're So one of my favorite things is events only have the meaning we give them. Yeah. Right. And so you keep talking about these things like, Oh, I'm silver lining. A lot of people say, Oh, you're not a realist or you live in the sky. It's like, no, like I can define anything. Like I can define whatever happens to me and I get to choose whether I act or react to that event. Right. And so all you're doing is you're just choosing to act and move forward as opposed to react to the circumstances or to what's happening to you. I, I agree. And I, I will say as, as optimistic as I am in life, I am very much a realist. Like, I mean, again, I can, anyone that knows me knows I, I am. And I have my days where I'm like, like I had one, I'll have one every few weeks where I like nothing. It doesn't matter what I look at. Like everything is half empty, you know? So I am human just like everybody else. But for the most part, it, it's, there is so much good in what life has to offer in every divorce, every challenge, every, I mean, I feel like there have been ways in my life where I've severely been abused. And I look at those and I had the blessing of working with 76 people that were between three and 600 pounds who went through the most tragic of, (laughs) cut that out. For listeners thinking I'm insensitive, I'm about 375, so I'm allowed to say that. Oh, wow. You do. Nobody ever says that. That's a good one. Thank you. (laughs) Well, but a lot, the people that would end up on the show, they had some of the most tragic um, things happen to them in their lives. And two, my, my best, one of my best friends is one of the contestants from the show that I met seven years ago. His name's Bruce Pitcher. He's from here. Really? Yeah. Do you know Bruce? I remember Bruce. Yeah. His dad sexually abused him and many others and is in prison for life. I mean, his episode was insane. I actually remember that whole thing. He is a rock star, like the guy. And what I believe is that those horrible events. I remember him. Though you need to watch his episode. It's it's insane. Wow. Those horrible events, I believe, make them, give them the capacity to grow in a way that someone who hasn't been through as much um, could grow. 
And so like, and, and they all come, so they've all developed these amazing personalities, these incredibly, incredibly kind hearts. They're all humble. They're all broken when they come to us. The only thing they haven't conquered is their weight for the most part. None of them are assholes. They're all so nice because they've had to be, they've had to learn to adapt and they're talented in a million other ways. And it's like when we can help them overcome what is their biggest security and show them the power that they have within I, I, Chris and I used to sit there and say, we like, we would have to go to all these Hollywood parties and events. And we, every time we'd be like, these are not our people, like agents, attorney, like our people are the people that met us when they were 500 pounds. Those are our people. That's good. They got real compassion and empathy for people, you know? So I want to know, how did you get into the fitness world? Like, Um, how did that, was that always a thing for you growing up? Um, good question. Chris has the most amazing story. It's like, you know, when I was this age and I had a weight set put on me and I was bullied in school. I don't have a story like that. I grew up with a great mom and dad who were very physically fit. My dad was Mr. Clean with all these muscles. And my mom was Barbie, like a little muscle Barbie and the sweetest person. And I grew up watching them in the gym. And when I was 15, I was a gymnast. I was a cheerleader, competitive. Um, they would take me to the gym with them, which then in my mind as a 15-year-old triggered, oh, I must, I must be fat. I must be unlovable. Eating disorder started right? So I had an eating disorder for 10 years that started when I was younger. Um, ironically, I was this was, kid. Was there any conversations that were had that triggered that? Or is that all just happening in your head? 100% my head. And I see, I see ways of being in some of my kids like Maddox. He's not susceptible to an eating disorder, but of other types of things that I think he is. There's just these, I, I, your brain as a teen is not fully developed. And so to think that we can make decisions, like I remember actually thinking little things like my life is over. Like you as a kid can't see past this wall of pain that you're feeling. And I remember my body completely consumed my head and I had torn my ACL twice in cheer one year and then the next year and I was a flyer. And so being a flyer who had horrible body dysmorphia, I remember being at practice as I was healing and like they were lifting me and the girls were drinking water. I wouldn't drink water because I thought taking a sip of water would make me too heavy to lift. It was just this really distorted, crazy way of being. And my dad would always do challenges. He'd be like, Hey guys, it was in an effort to be healthy, but like, I'll pay you $1,500 if you don't eat chips, fries, or candy for a year. And so for me, I started restricting and it it turned into something horrible. And I got, I was five, six, 89 pounds. And just, I mean, not, not good. Actually, when I came to Utah, after I graduated, my eating disorder was like, at its all time worst. And I, it had gone from anorexia to bulimia because my dad would force feed me. And I figured out how to throw up. And I'm like, oh, cool. All these things I couldn't eat for five years. I can eat anything now. Bulimia turned into a food addiction that I, it was awful. I mean, terrible for me. So fit, I, and here's the crazy part. During that time, I was a trainer. Like I was this, I was a trainer right out of high school at a local LA fitness and totally went from straight A student in high school to a D slash F student at ASU who ran away to Utah to go to UVSC and thinking my problems wouldn't follow. And they did. And they got 10 times worse. I, I worked at Gold's Gym here in Orem. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. 
I know. But so fitness, I, I it wasn't until I had kids that I started healing and seeing a therapist and fixing myself. Um, I like you, how you preface this whole thing with, I don't really have a cool story like this. <laughs> well, my, fitness, I'm like, <laughs> wait, what? That's an awesome story. Oh, well, thank you. Here's the thing. Chris actually got me back into it. So I was in mortgages and I did fix and flips. I'm, I'm a business person at heart. Like I love business. I love creating opportunities for people. I loved back in the day, like helping people get into a home that number one, I bought at auction and made it amazing for them. And number two, they never thought they could qualify for a loan and I got them a loan. Um, so I did that for actually a couple years into when Chris and I were dating and on the side, just because I knew business, I helped him strip down his businesses and fix them and um, and then we created the show together and I was literally an assistant, not you know, an assistant. We keep talking. Yeah. I don't think we've mentioned the show title just so people, because oh, yeah. they know the show. It's Extreme Weight Loss, yeah. right? Yeah. Good so job. Just, just in case everybody, we keep referencing the show. <laughs> You're like, what think, is this show? I don't think we've mentioned <laughs> the title yet. So anyway. Yeah. You were the host, the co-host with your husband, Chris. Yeah. He started and I was literally just his protector. I was his manager and I would make sure because he was easily taken advantage of and I am a little more of a pit bull than he is and he couldn't, ha and, and a fixer and he couldn't handle a lot of the stress. So I just, season one was his support until like six months in. He's like, I can't do eight people at once. I've only really helped one person lose all this weight. Um, so I started an air, I got my training certificate certificate again. And I had my own eating disorder slash addiction. And my dad had, I had a family that had addiction issues, alcohol, drugs, all that kind of stuff. And Chris's approach was very diet and exercise and physiological. Like, hey, so when calories in, calories out, da, 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 let me teach you how your body works. Where I'm like, no one really cares about that. But I understood if you didn't love people unconditionally, like you, someone needs to be able to come to me and say, I binged and they need to hear me say thank you. Like, thank you for telling me. You're not a lost right. cause. I don't care if you binge 10 days in a row. I don't care if you have up, sorry. Um, 50,000 oh, times. I already, I already dropped yeah, a while ago. She's the bad influence with the F word. No, um, I don't think it's a bad influence. You're just really comfortable. <laughs> I don't judge you at all. That's what it is. You're I'm not a judgment judge here. That is for sure. Yes, judgment no, it's true. And um, yeah, so it, it just, our approaches worked really well together. And so I would always take the problem children, like the ones that they were trying to kick off the show. We, I started an Arizona house six months into our six-year run on the show and they would ship people to me that and they would first first couple seasons they lived in my house with my kids and I would take them to the track every morning with my kids lived in your house I was pregnant so there are episodes in season one and two every episode that I was in I was either pregnant or I just had a baby every one of them um but yeah and the producers loved what they were seeing and they loved that it made change because Chris had a full-time job just traveling around to be on camera in all the locations because it was a show that took place across the U.S. Right. Um, and I, I, he needed an actual trainer that understood him. That I, I had his back. There's not another person that was that cared as much about what he was building and about what he was building it for, which was our family, than me. Um, so that's how I got back into it. And yeah, season three they had me on more. Season four and five I was officially a co-host. Season six, we started filming and it got, got canceled in the middle, in the middle before it aired, but like just, it was, you know, 
So yeah, that's how I got into fitness. Long story long. So like, (laughs) that's how I got into it. When did you start to recognize your unhealthy relationship with fitness and food and diet and health? Um, I knew I had an unhealthy relationship with food when I was in high school at home. Like I remember laying in my bed at night thinking I was going to die and thinking, I hope someone catches the fact that there's vomit all over my toilet because I need someone to save me. It's like any addict. So, I mean, I just went through something with a family member of mine. I finally got them on the phone. I said, hey, we all know you have a problem. Like, aren't you tired of running? Like, aren't you sick of it? And just tears because anyone that's in an eating disorder right now or anyone that's inside of an addiction, there you know you're there and you actually want to be caught. You just are scared of what being caught and being responsible and accountable for making the decisions will actually look like. So I did know back then. Um, you like want to be caught, but if you were caught, you'd get so mad at the person that caught you, but so grateful like inside that they caught you. Yeah. And, and scared of losing what I call my trump card, like my ace in my pocket. Like at any point in time, I didn't know that I could control my body through actually eating food. At the time, it was a lack of knowledge. Like I could never go back to an eating disorder because I know too much now. Like I didn't understand that food actually creates a lean physique if you want it. It can create a larger physique if you want. It can create a softer physique. It can also create a lean physique. I You have to eat enough. But knowing that was like a thing that I didn't. And, and so I wanted to like, I wanted to be caught because I didn't want to die, but I didn't want to be caught because I wanted to be able to, I hate to say it, but throw up if I ate too much. You know, I wanted to know that I could rid myself of this thing because in my eyes, I felt like if I wasn't skinny, I wouldn't be accepted. And if I wasn't accepted, I wasn't enough. And, you know, we all want to be liked. Why do you feel like there's so much like bad or conflicting information when it comes to fitness and food? I Um, feel like there is so much out there. And um, I, unless you spend like, like dedicate time to understand and research it, it's hard to really know the truth because you'll see people that will say this and they may be in good shape and they say that. So it's like, oh yeah, that must be true. But then you learn about it. It's like, no, that's not right. Look, the reality is there is going to be a stance and a study to back up. You always find what you're looking for, right? You do. You do. And so I think what it actually boils down to is choosing one way and sticking with it and learning how to erase and cut out the noise. It's kind of, I mean, cause if you think like, honestly, every diet out there, every claim you read, most of them are true in some way, shape or form. If you stick to it, yeah. like if you stick to it, like any, almost any diet you look at will work. Even the diet that says you can eat a marshmallow dream bar every day, which is mine. It's all, it's all about compliance. Yeah. And that's why like 90% of diets fail because people can't be compliant. Yep. Yeah. The one that works is the one that you actually stick to. That you, it's yeah. Well, the one that works is the one that you work. Yeah. Well, and obviously too, like depending on the extreme of like what you're trying to, you know, uh, achieve, achieve yeah. you might have to be a little more extreme with your diet. And so a lot of people ain't the most important thing is like, you have to work on relationship with food, but also just understand the basics of what you need and why you need it and learning how to fuel yourself that way versus so you can maintain because that's where a lot of diets and, you know, all these like, um, 
all the like different drink things you do, like, like a, the, what's like it called? Like juice cleanses. Yeah, like cleanses. Yeah. I mean, it, and a lot of it comes from, I would say even from personal experience is sometimes when, if you don't have the knowledge, then you have like this, this need or it's almost like very stressful to feel like you are out of control yeah. because you don't know what to do. So what you start doing is you start just looking for whatever is going to tell you is like uh, going to work the best and the fastest and like whatever is the most like the new yeah. fad. Yes. And that's, I mean, that's a problem. And a lot of that is because people want it now. And especially even like this day and age, it's like, we want it today. Right. Yeah. And the truth is, is to create a situation just to, to create a body that can maintain a physique and function the way that you want it to it cannot happen overnight it cannot happen in a few months it is months it is years of being super consistent and you have to play the long game and the people that don't want to do that you'll you know they're going to be bouncing up and down they're going to be constantly searching for something new and that's why you constantly have new things coming up in the market because there's a market for people in supplements and in protein and in new diets because people enough people will right. constantly be jumping from one thing to the other thing yeah. to the other thing there's no kind magic for that magic thing. pill right yeah i mean i wish it i <laughs> wish there was something i wish there was but there's just not it's just hard work and being committed for a long period of time well, I think it's also being realistic on what you want out of it, right? Like, are you wanting to be, I mean, Brooke's a world famous CrossFit athlete, right? Do I want that? It's like, genuinely, I don't want that. Like, that's not what I want my fitness goals to be. I want to be able to get down and wrestle with my kids. I want to be able to, you know, do those types of things. And so training and food, I think you kind of have to find what fits for you and to your point about like what results are you wanting and kind of work backwards almost from there. Yeah. You, you decide what are my non-negotiables? Yeah. Like, what do I want? Okay. Realistically, what's it going to take me to get there? Whew, a lot of stuff. Well, what are some of the non-negotiables? Like this is like when you're working with someone for the first time, they might have a lot of non-negotiables in the beginning, especially if they're someone who has a lot of bad relationship with food that you have to then be like, okay, you know that, they need to cut all that stuff out if they really are going to, they're going to get from point A to point B. Right. But what you might want to do is like, let's, let's tackle one thing at a time. Yes. So you just, you help, you help people change the way they think about things. They might have emotional connections with food that they don't even realize, you know, and you have to be sensitive to that, but you help them, you know, you help them understand like, this is what you want. Okay. This is going to take a long time. What are the things like, what's it going to take for you to get there? And celebrate the progress in that journey. Yep. And it's, and it's one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. It's, it's working on one thing at a time. It's, it's getting rid of one thing out of their diet at a time. And then what starts to happen is they can start to feel like they're in the driver's seat because people that are, and this is personal experience too, but like it can feel, it feels so bad, probably Definitely for me and Heidi because we're control active controllers. Um, but it feels it's like scary. It's a scary idea or feeling when you're like you feel like you don't know what to do. Yeah. And with something as simple as food, right? Like like really, you can think about like okay, like food, protein, fat, carb, and it's simple, but it's terrifying because food acts as I mean that's that that right there is like a medicine. Yeah. You know and. When you want something so bad, you want to lose a hundred pounds, you want to, you know, 
you want a goal that's going to take a long time and it can feel so far away, it's very easy to get discouraged when you look at it and you're like, oh man, that's so far away. That sh- and so if you can do like little victories, we can have things we look forward to along the way. And instead of allowing that person as a coach to really focus on the big picture, that's your job yep. as a coach. And that's why it's so important for people when they're doing it for the first time or doing it on their own to work with someone that can take that stress off of them. But then if you're working with the right person, what they're learning along the way is they're reshaping the way they think about what they eat, how they fuel themselves. And you you now have control to make decisions for yourself. And um, that's the most important. And that's what's going to change people's lives long term uh, and be able to maintain and have control over their, you know, their diet and their, their body composition and everything long term. And then from there... If those people have kids, they get to pass that information on. And over time, we will have more people that have the information the that they and need. The skills. Yeah, and just decisions. have the information that they need. Yeah. I love, actually, I'm just going to piggyback on that. What she said, I think it's super important for people to know. Like, like you said, world-class CrossFit athlete. <clears throat> I mean, really, you and and and... I have PB Bikini Pro. Yeah. <laughs> and the Bikini Pro. I she walk in heels and I pose bikini. really, really well on stage <laughs> in a bikini, if you guys don't know. Um, <laughs> but I think it's really important for people to know that you, like, I was going to say the best thing I ever did for my eating disorder, I, I didn't, not that I was throwing up when I was with Chris, because I wasn't, but just for my mind and my understanding in general of my body was hire a coach. I have a coach to this day. Not that I don't know how to do it, because I do. I can set my own macros. I know the reality. Brooke talked about a coach. To have somebody who is not myself look at, again, I can answer all the questions. They're not emotionally attached to it. They're not. Like when I look in the mirror, like Brooke and I worked out this morning and we can look in the mirror and we can pick ourselves apart all day. We're human. If I do not have somebody that is not my husband telling me, you're on track, get out of your head. Or, okay, you know what? You're right. Like, let's increase your carbs like you're suggesting or whatever it is. You need that feedback. And people losing weight, you need a coach because you're not going to see the progress that you're making. You have to hear it and you have to have somebody that you trust, that you can go all in with, and you can like commit to completing that your journey with. It's really important. The the best athletes in the world, the top business people all have I think the average is like four or five coaches, well, right? For Michael all Jordan, these different aspects right? of their life. Yes, they all do. Like Tim Grover is one of my good friends who um, is Michael Tiger. Uh-huh. You know, it's, he's Kobe. the Kobe. He's the coach of all the greats. And Such he, a great book. He, oh, Relentless. Yeah. I'll let him know you said hello and you <laughs> said so. But like that, I we've talked about that many times before and I love like I appreciate him in my life as one of my coaches he reaches out to check on my mindset and it's really important that I have people that can put me in check and coach me in different aspects of my life the best coaches have coaches Mm -hmm. they all do yeah and what's funny is all of these things I know this topic is fitness specific right now but it goes into business it goes into relationships all of these same principles like that's what i love like a principle that's true it's true across all different platforms right yes and so you can take these things and you can apply them in different aspects of your life and you'll find different levels of success but you have the tools you'll know what to do yeah to get to the next level of whatever it is you're yep. trying to get to yep i so. agree I was looking at this book. That sounded like a good book. I Have you not read, read it? I haven't. Oh, it's well, so it's fascinating. Is, yeah. It is awesome. fascinating, and I will say it. It it's fascinating, and it will e- you'll either love it 
or you'll be rubbed the wrong way by it. Because there's the whole thing inside of there. That, and I think it's how you take it. But The cleaners? The cleaners, yeah. And talking about how the cleaners have a dark side. Mm-hmm. And, and it talks about embracing the dark side mm-hmm. to become your best. But I think it's all in how you take it. It's not saying, hey, if you have a dark side and you are an alcoholic, go drink all the alcohol so you can go be your best. No, it's saying, understand that we all have a driving force inside of us that drives us to want and crave these things. Take that energy and unleash it against your opponent or against whatever it is that you're trying to tackle in life. I love yeah. that book. Well, it's what Brooke said, no judgment, no shame, right? Yeah. It's acknowledging you have this inside of yes. you. No judgment, no shame. Use it to your advantage. Amen. Yep. So. I was watching um, Tottenham Hotspur, the English Premier League team. Uh, they have like a oh, what do they call that show? They've they've featured a few teams, like New Zealand All Blacks, where they follow a professional team okay. for the season, and they just signed Jose Mourinho, who was just featured in that new Netflix. Did you see the new coaching series that just came out? Mm-mm. It's like Doc Rivers, Jose Mourinho, basically like five of the most winning active coaches in the world of sports today. Okay. And in one of the last episodes, he's like, there's one thing you guys aren't doing and you won't win until you do it. And it's, you got to be assholes. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? And he kind of explained himself. He kind of has broken it. He's yeah. Portuguese, but he's just like, you can't be the nice guy and help people up. You can't like, if you got to dive to get a whistle, you got to dive. Like you got to be an asshole to win at this level. And I, and I, what's funny is I kind of thought, I think it's to the point that you guys both made. It doesn't mean that you're rude to the next person. No. It just means that you're focused, you're driven, and you just, you got to use yes. every tool you've got to win. It, it, and that, I, I kind of yes. dug it. I think it's a little counterintuitive sometimes because just to hear, I think it's more of his broken English gotta than anything. To right? It, yeah, exactly. Like it's, it doesn't mean you're a dick to people. It just yeah. means that you focus on the winning when you're on the field and you can focus on the the people, you know, maybe after the game look, or whatever. But yeah, if, if you look at Jordan it, Woods yes. and all those guys, they're just. I think that it's just hard for people, like mere mortals, <laughs> normal people. <laughs> right. I think it's hard for them to accept that. Right. It's not hard for people who are competing. Sure. It's not hard for people who are on the field because they know exactly what they have to do. Right. And when you have to be so focused, like I was watching the the uh, Jordan documentary. Yeah. And I just yeah. I loved it. I was like, people were terrified of this dude. But they also loved him because he kept everyone together. Right. He kept people accountable. But he, he was made mouthy. Strive to be their best. Yeah, and yeah. that's what he did because he knew that that's what he was going to do, and he wasn't going to be with a team that they weren't going to do it too because he was there to win. Right. And some people could watch that and be like, "Wow, you were such an ass! Like you were like like that's not cool." And it's like, well, there's a reason why he was that at that yeah. level, and none of you are. Like you, you, True. like you don't. Uh, I was, I would always compare like. People that, I mean, this is very different, but people will say, oh, you do CrossFit. Oh, like, don't you, aren't you scared you're going to get injured? And I said, you know, I'm like, well, you realize that someone who's going to go to the CrossFit games versus someone who's just going to go to a gym to be healthy and functionally fit, that'd be like someone who plays, you know, flag football on the weekends trying to think like, <laughs> oh, if I, I'm just going to go to the NFL. Right. Like, of yeah. course you're going to get injured, right, but there's right. different levels of doing it. And how bad do you want it? And I think... I don't think you have to be an a-hole. Don't you love how I filtered that word? But I dropped the <laughs> f-bomb. Just create a little. Kids left are work listening. Um, I don't. I don't think you have to be an a-hole to um, a-hole. to do that. But 
but I, I, I know what you're saying. I think right. it's the only thing, because naturally I actually have a really hard time beating other people. Sounds really weird. I am somebody who feels bad and wants everybody to feel on the same level. Well, I'm the same way. Yeah. And so the, the idea of going out there and being like, I'm going to be ruthless and do what, that's not innate in me at all. Right. Um, but I did in order to get, it took me two and a half years to get my pro card. I re, It sounds, I, I feel funny talking about it because I'm like, oh, you know, to get in a bikini and put on heels and, but it took a lot of work, a lot. I mean, it was my life for two and a half years. And I, I well, mean. Well, especially just, for somebody that dealt with an eating what you do, right. And it actually, he, like, like heel, body images, issues and yeah, that'd be so really funny. hard. No, no one would believe you oh, without hearing the story that being in a bikini competition yep. healed it, it did. your eating disorder, but right? But you have to know too that it happened like I, when I got into the sport, I knew I wasn't going to do it without a coach. So I found who I believed and who I was told was the best of the best coach. And like he really was and he is and he's great. And I trusted him wholeheartedly. And I love the first thing he said is, you need to put on 20 pounds. I'm like, amazing. Like he's actually going to help me with this body dysmorphia that no one knows that I still have. And I'm going to put on weight. I was 105 pounds when I I'm, I literally was just telling Brooke, I touched 130, 130 pounds on a scale and I loved it, you know? So to have gone through this journey and competed and gotten my pro card and feel like I am at my best physical self ever. And that even when I'm soft, I know I have the knowledge to get to wherever I want. My body is like a playground now that I can, that sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going with it though. <laughs> Keep running with it. You're not dropping swear words, but lots of people like the sexual innuendos. <laughs> oh my God. My body is a wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> my face is turning red right now. I can oh feel my it. Gosh. This is a common <laughs> thing with her. Awesome. But I, the part that kind of popped out to me about you talking about your coach, mm-hmm. you kind of mentioned something earlier too that I thought was interesting. Our wives really don't like compliments from their husbands sometimes. It's like it doesn't count. It's almost like you have to give us compliments. So I think hearing, I mean, you regarded this coach as yeah. the you best of the best. can't have an accountability partner and something like that as a spouse. Well, yeah. I'm just, I think a lot of spouses would agree whether it's fitness or not, right? I think it just sometimes just gets to the point where it's like, okay, yeah, what, like you look nice today. Oh, thanks. But yeah. for somebody with, with, you know, the body stuff that you dealt with, to have somebody in his position tell you like, you got to put on 20 pounds. Like that's that's got to be a eye opening feeling, and to to kind of be able to tell yourself like, up to this point, I've always thought I need to get more weight off, more weight off. One hundred percent, and yeah, <clears throat> the difference is when you tell your wife she looks good in a dress, or if she says, "Hey, how does my butt look in these jeans?" If you say say they don't look good, and you say that they don't look good, she's going to be pissed at you. If you tell her that they look good, she's like, oh, you're going to say that anyway. That. Yes, it's true. So it is, lose, it, lose. It is 100% <laughs> lose, lose. And I went through the same thing with Chris. If he said that I looked great, I was like, he has to say that because, but then when I'm like, hey, listen, my dad was honest with my mom. Tell me when I'm not. And when he was honest, I'm like, what, what, like in my mind, there was always a motive behind his answer. I didn't know what it was. And I, not that I didn't know what it was, but I didn't trust that there was an emotive. You just and want to get laid. Every, yeah. No, and I think that's a very normal thing. feels that. And so it's, it's like, to do you have, want a back rub, honey? It's like, yeah. Uh, uh yeah. <laughs> whatever. But to have a coach. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's true. What's that scene in This Is 40 with Paul Rudd? So good. Like, we should do it. She's just like, oh, I've got diarrhea, but you, you want to? Or whatever she said. She's in the bathroom. She's like, oh, well, now. Anyway. But yeah, it, it does... Having a, like with me, I knew this coach. I'm like, I will do whatever he says. And the reason I'll do whatever he says is because if I get on stage and I look like crap, his name is on me. And I had a big following, a bigger following. And so I'm like, I'm not, he's not going to tell me to not go a specific way and sabotage me. We're like, I, you don't know with a spouse. Like, cause there are spouses. He's got a vested interest in it too. Oh, you he trusted does. his motives. I was the 100, like he wanted to win. He's mm-hmm. the guy that introduced me to the Relentless book. Okay. And my, yeah. It, anyway, so yeah, he wanted to win and I knew that. It's driving me insane. Damn fly. Oh, oh like a, gosh. One fly. Just Brent almost fell out of a seat trying <laughs> to kill it a minute ago. Kill or porn it fly. <laughs> and I think you dropped your phone, right? I don't know. Something dropped. Yeah. Kind of scared me. <laughs> just like, ah. But no, it, that's I think why coaches are so good because you know exactly what their motives are. Yeah. Right? Because it's almost like they're paid to have that motive and so you trust it. And and if you don't trust your coach's motive, get a new work. coach. Yeah. Yeah. Like the control, the power is in your hands. Yeah. So what can husbands do to get compliments and be taken seriously? Honestly, to, oh, you know, like to what, get, yeah. I think that's an interesting question. Compliment your wife. Yeah. And then she'll compliment you. Is that what you're asking? Well, no. Like, how do you do it with that? And, oh, the, to and get they believe you. compliments to be, I thought you said you Yeah, like if I say that you look, oh, I just, Maybe, I bet a lot of people have that problem, right? For sure. hundred percent. And my, my first response is it's actually, it's a, it's a problem with her. Interesting. Like from personal expe- personal experience and perspective yeah. is like sometimes like I know that I am, it is hard for me to um, accept compliments and not and like almost from anyone. Yeah, and, it, sure. and some stuff, it just stems from, it can stem from a deeper insecurity that I might have with myself. Um, or you're just feeling off that day. Or you're feeling you're not off. Feeling like nothing yeah. anybody yep. else can say is going to really change. Yeah. And, and um, great, I think everybody probably deals with that. Yeah. And it, it just, it could also be too, like more men and women, because I'm sure it's, I mean, it's everybody yeah. right. need to just work on even just the act of, of acknowledging it, like acknowledging a, a compliment, you right. know, and, and allowing great, your, allowing yourself to, to, accept it and and i think it's super important and this is for like friends this is for husband and wives this is for family it's uh, business relationships more people need to practice not immediately assuming the worst of somebody that they know so well and they love so much you know i think and i've i've just i have been through quite the journey the last few years and just being very self-aware and vulnerable and i think it's really important if you want a relationship to work you have to kind of immediately no matter I mean it could be the worst like someone could say something to you or do something and it might end up being that but if you just automatically especially with strangers if you just automatically assume the best case scenario of where their intentions from Give you know the benefit of the doubt yeah then that's great it, advice it's if you assume the worst, you're not only leaving yourself with a negative energy, but you're putting that out towards someone who it could be a stranger, it could be your loved one, it could be whatever. Um, if you assume the best, assume you know a positive thing, then you feel a little bit better. Right. Um, even if it was the worst for them, but you give them back a much more positive reaction when 
you're probably going to help them have a better day or feel a little bit better about something. Right. God damn that fly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, that's something that I've definitely. It just means you're really helping somebody right yeah. now with what you're saying. That fly is like trying know, to shut like, you up. He's like, yeah, tell him. No, I think that's really, really good advice. It's like your silver lining thing, yeah. Heidi. Like it's just. Do you want to do you want to nerd out on that a little bit? Do you have a quote? They've scientifically measured that you can that you can measure positive vibes six feet away from your body. Wow! It's like COVID. So if I'm (laughs) dude, (laughs) socially distanced. But like they've scientifically proven, if I'm a positive person, I'll have a positive impact on you six feet away without saying anything to you. Is that That's why they're trying to get amazing. us to stay six feet away from each other Maybe. right now? Maybe. Trying to Maybe. divide us, those sons they're of trying to, They're trying to give you some time <laughs> to right. change your energy. Oh. <laughs> You're getting closer. You better get more positive. <laughs> well, I think that's really interesting because it's true. We all have those like, you know, just light bulb people that you just feel good around. But but I, I like your point, Brooke, as far as just, one, you don't want to stop people in your life from saying nice things to you, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. And to allow yourself to say like, you know, maybe I do look good. And you know what? Maybe I don't feel it, but it's still kind of that person to say it. Well, I, someone right? actually had brought up to me at one point. They said, because I am not good at accepting compliments. And I I should, I, I was, I have not been good in the past. Right. And a lot of me not being good at accepting compliments has to do with me wanting to lower myself to no, make everybody that's, that's feel that's where a lot of mine comes yeah, from too for sure like i don't like want never wanting to be perceived as like you think you're good. better than 100 dim but your light someone actually yeah. yes i love that there's a really great quote about that but um someone actually said hey you need to understand when think of what it's like heidi when you give someone a compliment or you give a gift and they give it back Right. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like that would hurt my feelings. I want them to accept it and to love it. And they said, it's the same way when someone pays you a compliment and you reject it and say, no, you're almost telling them that you don't believe them. You don't trust them. You're not accepting the gift that they're trying to give you. And so I think too, for you or anybody listening that gives compliments that aren't received on the other side, Brooke is right. And I, it's a me thing. Like when I can't accept a compliment, it's a me thing. It's not a you thing. Um, but also as the compliment giver, you need to understand that whether your compliments received or it's not received, your good intention right. is Don't all that stop matters. Giving them. Really Do does. not, Absolutely yeah. Right. Like let it bounce off the wall. It doesn't yeah. even matter. And you know, point. everybody appreciates yeah. it. They little, do. Even if they show, they, I really like the picture that you just painted of like giving someone a present yeah. and it's like, yeah. nah, and then they just yeah. chuck it right back to you. Yeah. If we thought about compliments or kind words that way. It would kind of change your perspective, right? Yeah. Yes. Like so. you just say thank you. Go I back. You may that. have five of those in the closet already. Yeah. But you know, it's still. <laughs> but you know what? And if you do, go nice. re-gift it. Go find someone new right. that Pay needs that new compliment. Yeah. Go give it to them. Right. It, and we have a hard time being kind to ourselves. So if you were to tell your wife your butt looks great in your jeans and she didn't believe it, it's probably because that whoever the wife is listening has spent so much time in the mirror saying how crappy her butt is or how she doesn't look pretty or and i i have to think about for myself are because the words that we speak to ourselves are far more powerful than words that anyone else could speak to us are so are we speaking to ourselves are we saying things to ourselves that we would say to our 10 year old no are we am i speaking to myself heidi as i would speak to my daughter marley who is 13 no and if the answer is no if i would not look in the mirror like if i look in the mirror and i say gosh you look like today would I tell my daughter she looks like no be as kind to yourself as you would be to the people that you value and you love the most because you 
are the only person that will have a direct impact on your life for the rest of your life. Yep. Right. It really is. It's so true. I mean, go giver, favorite book of all time. The fifth law of success is the law of receptivity. You have to be yeah. open to receiving, right? It's like I you can't that. breathe without blowing out. It's impossible to just breathe in. Yeah. Or blow out, whatever. Right. Got yep. I, I got bowl. it. Yeah. You can't. <laughs> bowl. But, I mean, that's my favorite thing is when like people, you'll walk up, to, oh, your house looks good. Oh, it looks so bad. Oh, this food tastes really good. Oh, oh it's, I'm, it's like, not, it, I'm like, just say thank yeah. you. Just say thank you. Right. And they're like, you're annoying. I'm like, I don't care. Say thank you. They gave you a compliment. Say thank you. Right. Absolutely. You know, it's just getting in the habit of just, okay, thanks. That was good. Accepting. I like the whole I don't think, don't rob someone of their opportunity to give. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. I think what helps yeah. too, like I actively, when I go places, like anywhere, grocery store i'm shopping if i i i will give compliments to complete strangers like if i see a girl and i'm like damn she has such a great butt yeah i'm like hey your butt looks really great and i do that (laughs) i love that and i if i like if i have a if i think of a positive thing about someone i don't know i the grocery store something i will just share it because it's like awesome it's as people as people get more comfortable with giving and you know i think it can also help them be more comfortable with receiving mm-hmm. and like we like talking about just like positive energy you're trying to like you know don't assume the worst you know if I've, I've had i've had instances with like friends that were like i thought were like my like just bestest friends and things like you know over time and the way that i am with like um you know just having sort of habits that kept me in friendships that were not good for me. You know, I finally came to where I'm like, you know what? If you, if you have a, one of your best friends and that person is assuming the worst of you without even giving you a chance to just be like, have a conversation. Like maybe they thought like you, you know, you didn't text them. So they start assuming that it was because you were, didn't want to hang out with them and, and you don't really like them that much or whatever. And it's like, if you're so close and this is just like in real close personal relationships, it's like the worst, just assume the, assume the best. And even with, even with like strangers or someone who cut you off at a stoplight or, you know, free, maybe you're at the DMV (laughs) on social media, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and it's like, they, I really do try to, and obviously sometimes I give in to just being pissed, but I really do try to, when something happens, it feels like it kind of disrupts your flow. You just got to think like, just assume something that like, assume that it has, it has nothing to do with you. Right. That's hard. That's hard. It is. It is hard. It is funny how people very close to you will still go somewhere dark like that. Mm-hmm. Just like if you forget. I get it a lot because I'm horrible with my phone. Same. Oh, I'm no, horrible I'm with my I phone. I get that a lot too. And I, people get so <laughs> mad. Like they think I don't care. They think. You, know, you don't. Whatever. You don't love me. They but, th- but, that's what they think, and, right? But, and but it's the, like, no, I just didn't take enough Adderall today. Like, I, <laughs> I just up. forgot. But it's. it's <laughs> but it. I mean, it really affects some people, but I always, I'm like, why can't you just think of how, like, if, if I'm with you, we're having fun, everything's great. Like, think of me in that situation. Don't think that, or maybe there's a hundred other people that text me today and, and yeah. I'm cooking or whatever else, but we do have a tendency. I think it's pretty normal. Yeah. Most of us have a tendency to just like, what's wrong with me? What mm-hmm. did I do? Are they mad or they're dicks or, you know, whatever else. But yeah. I think that. 
um, people that, I mean, not just, not everybody, because some people that are super successful are probably dicks, you know? <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. For but I sure. feel like, but like, I feel like good humans, I'm pointing at both of you. Um, but, but not you guys. I got left out. My, okay. I didn't want to rip this jacket out. It's not mine. That's <laughs> how big my, my back is. <laughs> she, she had, but like, uh, I think that, that my I, belts in this I think jacket, that I'm sorry. it, it says a lot about your character when that's like, that's your reaction, right? It's like, well, I'm, I'm doing my best here. I got a lot of stuff going on. I'm trying and I'm trying to do it and I'm, and I'm trying to make you happy and I'm trying to make you feel comfortable all the while trying to keep doing the stuff I'm doing so I can keep be, being successful. But also, hey, while I'm doing all this, let me try and make sure you're happy. Let me try and make sure you're happy. And right. and it's very exhausting. And that's why, too, it's like uh, you have to. I think it's important to be humble and and be willing to you know pay attention to that. But at a certain point, you have to not care. People just yeah. co- people come and go. For they, sure. They and do. some advice my dad gave me years ago, and it was one of the first moments that I really had dealt with this. Like, basically, uh, I have you know people pulling you in a million directions, mm-hmm. and it's like uh, everyone needs something from you. You have sponsors, you have a friends, like you're getting some, some fame. So now friends want to be right there. And so now they're pulling on you and you got sponsors pulling on you and all these people pulling on you. And then you just start to feel like, wow, I just, I can't do enough. Like I'm trying so hard to keep doing the things I'm supposed to, but I just keep coming up short with the way you make me feel as if I'm, it's like, you want more of my time and I don't have more of my time. And my dad stopped me and he said, babe, he said, more people, that's that's what they're going to want. They're just going to want more of you. And there's only so much of you that you can give. And that's just the reality. You cannot make everybody happy. And the people that are worth having around and the people that are the friends that are going to be there forever and they're going to be like life partners, life friends, wow. they're the ones that really understand you. Right. And uh, just like, you know, you talk, cut you a break. Yeah. And you talk about like, you know, growing up and changing and evolving and and that's and you do have people, friends that come into your life and they leave your life. And it's like, uh, that's just the hard truth. And I think people that try so hard to make sure every single relationship stays like someone who you have friends that like need more of your time. Well, you can do that and it will probably work out. You know, it probably, um, at least they'll be happy. Right. You know, you can make all them happy, but if you're on a path somewhere, if you're on a path for success in something or greatness and whatever that is for you, you only have so much time in a day. You only, and, you know, you only have so many years. So if you spend a bunch of time trying to make sure everyone else feels like they're being pulled along, you're losing well, the what, amount of energy you need to like keep pushing right. forward. If when you spend your life trying to make everybody else happy, the one person that isn't happy is yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say to be selfish, but we do. We've Chris and I put your own mask on first on the airplane. You you have to. Yeah, it's it's beneficially selfish. You have to. Be Sorry, kids. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one. Like, oh, it's much better. Here, okay, here you go. <laughs> but but it is. It's actually it is really true, and that is a hard thing for me. Like if I look at my phone right now. I mean, I don't even... Let that me, gives me anxiety. Like, That's why is, I'm also terrible with texting started, back because right? sometimes I look at it. started. Right. Oh, and God. I have 502 unread text messages. And I have... Hold on. I mean, say that number again. 502. 
and it, it is very stressful for no. me, <laughs> but I've had to get to the point and I have people that literally get mad at me. So I, I understand, but I have to, at some point, one point in my life, I had to just say, okay, you know what? Like I have to prioritize my life. What are my priorities? Number one, I hate to say it, but I've had, I've learned, especially through this divorce, my priority number one is myself. And it's been Chris for 13 years. And when you make somebody besides yourself a priority, when that thing ends, you are lost. And I felt like I was lost for a year of my life after everything with Chris, you know, started falling apart. And so priority number one is my kids or my, myself. Priority number two, it has to be my kids. Like no man, no career, no vision, no nothing can come before my kids. And then after that, I can start filling in the blanks right. and doing that. But, and I hate to say it, but my 502 text messages are maybe 10th on my list, maybe 100. Like they're not- Probably not that high because I don't see not. that number going down. They're, no, they're not. <laughs> but there are things inside of, I will prioritize what For texts sure. are I right. open because there are certain initiatives that have impact on people that are a priority, like my employees, my sure. businesses, my kids. So those things are a priority. I'm not, I don't have a lot of hangout friends and the hangout friends that I have are people that, are striving for the same kind of thing in life that I am. And and I appreciate people that are go-getters. I appreciate that Brooke and I might not talk for weeks and and she loves me all the same. It's not the when best. I, oh, I, 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 you don't have I to can't stress have like I didn't call her back no. last week. She's going to be mad. You know, and, like and she just, just gets it because it, yep. she's there. And I think I'm evolved. the same. Yeah. Way. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Dude, like uh, Gina, like if I'm traveling, yeah. I remember when I was in Europe feeling Wonder Woman. Um, I just have a, I have no a big thing. deal. <laughs> I have a <laughs> NBD for the most part. I'm someone who, wherever I am, whoever I'm with, like you get all my energy yeah. and I cannot, I am not good at like being here, being genuine with you, having a real conversation while also like maintaining multiple conversations right. like in my phone. Yeah. And that's for why sure. I, I'm not there. I'm here. And I remember when I was over there, that would happen. My day was so full of like so much new stuff and people. And there were some people that were my friends that aren't anymore that would get, take things so personally. And, um, but Gina, my best friend, she, she just, she just knows me so well. And she also knew that if she just wanted to check on me, she would text me and she would just say, like if she really needed to talk to me, she would text me and then she would text me again and say, Hey, I really need to talk to you. Or if all she was doing, if she texted me and I didn't respond, but she just wanted to make sure I was okay, she would text me and say, hey, just checking in. If you could just let me know that everything's okay and you're doing good. And it's because for me, I get exhausted of a conversation before I even have it. Like people that want to do small talk. Amen. Dude, and that's a, that's that's a problem. Why you say no to podcasts, most of them. No, I'm totally right. Listen, I, I like, no, I like podcasts. It's more like, like your, your schedule becomes so full and so busy yes. that when you're not, it's like you kind of just, well, need you to want just, it to be unplanned and just, you want it to be able to like be whatever. This was perfect. Right. I didn't put it in my schedule. I just showed up and I was like, hey, <laughs> I'm doing it. But yeah, it's a, just having converse, like text messages, I used to be where if I, if it pops up, I have a really hard time not taking care of it, like right away. Right. And I'm getting a lot better at being like, like in a, when I'm training at the gym, I'll just be like, not worth me 
ruining my training session. Just put it down, check it after. Um, sometimes though, I'll open a text and I wish you could mark it as unread. I do <laughs> because you, you and me both. Because sometimes I'll open it and be like, not in like kind of can really There's a new update that yeah. does that. Wait, so, what? So you can you pin mark- the top ten text messages to the top now. It's, it's just oh, oh wow. Well, I don't. It just released, I want to mark like, it unread. I don't want to pin anything to the top. <laughs> I don't want it. I mean, it's better than nothing though, because yeah. oh, that's yeah. true. Because you you open something up, you read it, and then you finish your training session, yes. like you were talking about, and then. 30 other people text yeah, you on I top. I know, I know. And you just forget. Yeah. Or you are in the middle of cooking. Right. And it's this long process low. and your phone's going off. Low and slow cooking. Low and slow. Yeah. And you open it and it's like, hey, how are you? And you're like, not today, buddy. Right. I got, <laughs> my, I got my gloves on. Because you're like, this person like really right. just is like wants to say, hey, how are you? And you're, if you're me, I'm thinking, I don't have wow, I don't want to do small talk. I don't do small talk. Um <laughs> Like, I just don't have time for it. Like, I don't want right. to do this slow back and forth where you, it, like, it, you know, the person is like waiting for your text reply. Um, and <laughs> sometimes. To open it and then see the little dots. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can't open I, it that way because I don't want them to know. You can that turn I that off. I know. You can turn that off. I need to turn that off. Yeah. Because I don't want the dots to pop but up. But like, you, you know, I get, I my, I get myself that. in trouble because. It's not that you don't want to respond. It's just like for me, you'll look at it and think like right now is not the best time unless it's like a really pressing matter. And right. if you text back and say, not now. <laughs> with, cer- with certain you people. Put the perfect emoji next to it. They're going to be offended. People, with certain people, I will text back and be like, and I will do that because they get so like, they're slowly, mo- they're a little. Emo? A little sensitive. <laughs> and so Emo. me, like meeting in the middle, right? I like, I'm like, all right, let's meet halfway. You're a little too sensitive a lot of the time, <laughs> but I will understand you and you're going to understand me when I text you and say, hey, I'm in the middle of this thing right now. I haven't had a chance to read your whole text, but I will read it later and I'll respond like properly. See, you know what I have to do? I do that. And then I say, can you send me a text right now? So there's a blue dot by your name. I actually do that because if there's not a blue dot, even if there is, there's a 50-50 chance that I'm going to see it. But like if there's not one, I'm definitely not going to see it. See, I have it. a few friends that are just, they just know that I probably read it and forgot. Yeah. And they're just mm-hmm. cool with it. And they, like two days later, they'll just be like, hey. They'll shoot you a text. They'll do you. the little like double tap, like question mark thing. Yeah. Or yes. just like a little. Yeah, reminder. Smart, like even a little hard on it. Yeah. Just, yes. Just so it pops up on my phone. Yes. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. And I right. always yep. am so much more like receptive to them Do it. It just to me, it shows them appreciating I agree. how I am. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so you're almost more likely to get a text back at Where, that moment. Then there's the, I'm so yeah. grateful. Yep. And so anyway. And then there's the people that are like, "Hello." Yeah. Oh. And I'm like, if you ever, if anyone's listening, and you ever text me a hello, I'm gonna do I it to you. Reply, like three L's. I'm, I will. Hello. What, what, I will never. What about a gift? The hello gift? Because there's some pretty funny ones. <laughs> Gifts are <laughs> just funny, and if you'll you make get me. me laugh, Amen. I am good. Gifts are the best. But if I know you're pissed, Devin, you're hello. Devin texts me sometimes, and there's been times where she's trying to get a hold of me, and I'm in the middle. My assistant, she's like the most amazing. She's more than that. She's like, without her, with without her, I'd have no control of most things that I'm doing. But she'll text me, and she'll be like, "Hey, uh, if you need help, send smoke signals." <laughs> and like I laugh because it's like she knows I'm busy, but she right. just wanted to be like, hey, just let me know. If you need anything. It's just a blanket statement. Like, show that she's thinking <laughs> yeah. about you. It's like the small talk people. Like, if you just want to check, just say, hey, hope things are going great today. Yeah. Like, there's no Don't expectation the of a, of a <laughs> reply. Totally. 
totally. And that, yeah, that stuff means a lot because it just shows that they care about one, either how you are or how busy you are yeah. or whatever's going it's on. True. And so the whole cell phone, it's so much stress. I know. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about cell phones with you too, Heidi, talking yeah. about, can you imagine being, you know, you dealing with some of the body images as a teenager, like yeah. girls now, like, I don't know. I know. Social media <laughs> just social media, phones, like. I mean, people are already mean and hard on themselves, but then you add that, you know, all that, that element. stuff. I, I think I would have been tools, right? Yeah. Uh, right. I would have right. been a train wreck if that, I mean, I already was, but add that to it. Yeah. I mean, that's why depression rates and suicide rates are so high right. these days. And I, I am the mom. I am the mom that does not, I've never let my kids have cell phones. Now, the dads have gotten their kids cell phones, but it is my thing where I'm like, no. And Cash and Ruby, when they come to my house, I tell Chris, they're going up in the cabinet. If you want the kids, you have to call me because kid, I don't I want Cash it. and Ruby getting caught on YouTube. And it, the comparison game starts so young. Exactly. Yeah. Marley just, Derek just let Marley get Instagram, which stresses me out, stresses me out. And he has, he like has 45 minutes of screen time, which I still don't love because I know how I am. I, I'm only on social media because of work. I didn't have a Facebook before I was on the show. I don't right. even know. What, I don't even know how to work Facebook today. Um, so I don't spend a lot of time on other people. And when I do, I am a different, more depressed human. And right. I don't want my, and this is me at 38 where I understand that there's life beyond a cell phone. Um, kids don't, it's like when I was saying in high school, I didn't think there was life beyond that problem that I had right there. Right. Well, and the issue is, is because they're seeing that there is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's because as a society, we've created that. Adults have created the business for kids. I know. Like for teens and, and like TikTok. It's all kids. Well, I'm like saying that's like, where yeah. the money's at. Yeah. But like you for know? TikTok and things like that, like they didn't create that business. They're not paying each other. We're a little bitter at TikTok. Influence. Well, you know, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, they're no, we're not, we're not bitter. We're not bitter. I just, I have a hard time. They're just much more no wanted. No, this is. I'll tell you exactly what it is. <laughs> than we are. No, this is 100 percent what it is. We're just not feeling good about ourselves compared to 14. No, that that's not even. <laughs> that's not. That's not even it. It's this. I have a really. It took me a long time to be okay with the term influencer. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because I didn't like it. Because. I felt like there was negative connotation around it because there is, yeah. because there are people that are influencers that they have no reason. They have done nothing that gives them positive influence. Like what positive role are you playing for someone, for, for women, for kids, for, you know, someone in your sport, for whatever, for a business besides how you look in next to nothing clothing and if I know, anything I know you're this tiny percent of people and now we have epidemic of percentages of kids you know killing themselves, killing themselves yeah. because of because of that and what do we do we talk about it as a, as the, you know the the government or the the world and we talk about it but no one does anything about it want to know why because money oh for sure and it's just it's sad really yep. you know and um i <clears throat> it's more so like I have nothing against like TikTok and TikTokers. I just always question like, why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 
<laughs> like, and like I what's do, the point? No, no, not that, but just like, like, uh, like, like how are they somebody? Like, who, what are you, what are you bringing to the table? Yes. Like, how what are you selling the world a better place? But that's what I right. mean. And, and it could they be, aren't. it could be people of all ages, not just like, you know, what, what our typical TikToker we look, looks like in our head when we think TikTok. Right. It's pe- all kinds, but it's just, uh, one, I think it's it's very cool when new things come up and it cre- it gives people a new platform for them to create success and like create their own way and their own road of whatever it is that they're going to do. But I think that um, in this specific, in social media in general, we are, it's definitely creating this idea that for kids, and this is like, I have nieces and nephews and like my nephews in high school, it's pretty common for kids of that age right now to think like, I don't have to do good in school. That's it. I'm going to be, I just got to go viral, man. Exactly. And it's like, I mean, you definitely could go viral, but the chances of you doing that, very low. And and even people don't realize even when something goes viral. It's a lot of work. The the work and your ability to monetize even now, like and I can't then imagine you guys like running your not, accounts, like the amount oh, of work, like that's something that it, I've been yeah. appreciative of because of the podcast. Well, I run mine. That's why it really mine. hasn't grown. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I mean, I've grown very organically. Yeah. And uh, I question all the time. I'm like, man, should I be doing something different? Oh, I guess I could, you know, many things. You could TikTok. But I just, I have <laughs> never made my social media, my Instagram, yeah. I have never made it a business. Yeah. There's nothing about my Instagram besides me posting for, like, if we launch something new for Enswear. I just, all I'm doing is informing people. They can take that however they want. But there are ways. There's ways with the way it looks, the way you're, you're, you you post things and what you're doing. Oh, that you can, you science, can make science it. science behind it for yes. sure. Yes. And I don't know that science. <laughs> yeah. I really don't. And I wish I did. But then you don't, because if you knew it, it would it would consume. Well, if run. I here's what I that's wish. the other yeah. thing. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't wi- I wouldn't want to do it myself. I'd yeah. pay someone consume, to do yeah. it. Yeah, because I think just like with all businesses, I think once you learn the rules of it, I'm just know, saying just if like you with, focus like, on the social media aspect, like, and you start seeing that feedback, like growth is going. It just I can see how it could consume you. Like I got to keep this train rolling. For sure, you know it could. I mean? But I think if you go about it <clears throat> yeah. the right way, just like with every, I'm in business and marketing in general. It's like I'm going to drop a bunch of money in Facebook ads. I'm going to drop a money in SEO and pay per click. Yeah. You know, it's like right. it's just you look at it for a tool for what it's there for. It's like Anna saying, "Set your twenty minute, you know, yeah. fifteen oh, minute on, time Anna every McFarley? day." Yeah. yeah. Do you know her? She's oh, yeah. one of my favorite people. That's how we met. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Half of our guests come from Anna. <laughs> no, Anna's I the cannot, boss. I love her so much. She's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, she gives that advice that, right, you brought it up. Remember, she's I talked maybe back the one TikToker person. <laughs> Anna's my favorite TikToker because well, she's TikTok, TikToking uh, about right. how to TikTok and not let it consume your life. Like right. she, she gives good advice. I, I love what she's, I love what she does. Yeah. I think that some people are just more cut out for it than others. For sure. And a lot of it will come down to like, well, what kind of life do you want to have? Cause everyone can have a life however they want. Yep. And like certain what- people like me, it's like, I, I cannot couple reasons. I cannot constantly film and document myself with my phone. Oh, I it's can't. the hardest thing for me to and do. And more than that, I am so sensitive to, I have friends that I have friends that are way more popular than me. And my family and like my, my mom and my dad that I never get to see. And I would never, I'm so 
sensitive to like, if I'm there, I never want anyone that I really care about to ever, ever, ever feel like that's what I got to do all the time. Right. Yeah. And that I'm, or friends that have a lot of popularity, unless it's like a common thing where we're like, we're doing this together because we both need to like yeah. work on some stuff. But some people you would never want to show up and be like, Hey, look who I'm with. Yeah. You know? Sure. And, uh, cause I have friends that don't have a big a following as like me and Heidi do that, you there is a feeling that when they're around it's because they're trying to gain from you and it's a, it's not a good feeling because you want you know the more the more clout you get ever, the kids say right. i don't but think uh, the more story right? or like a couple like a year and a half after we met oh no we i don't think there was a picture taken no like we were friends <laughs> without a photo a video anything every time you'd come to arizona it yeah. was like this and, is the third door uh-huh. What's right. that mean? That's yeah, another, that? It's another favorite book that we talk about. But will you make a list of books want, for What's me? That? Will you make a list yeah. of your favorite uh-huh. books? The, the two you, we've mentioned are the first two you should read. For you, sure. The Go Giver and, the, and the Third Door. Well, shiz. What's the third I, door? It's so good. Tell me. Good? Like, why I we just, started the podcast. Really? Yeah. But oh. it talks about what is it, fan or, or a peer or uh-huh. you can't be a fan and a peer at the same time. And it is true. Like you hang out around people. You know, with my job, I've hung out with some pretty cool people. And yeah, they're always on the defense because everybody's just using them to yeah. promote. So, like, I make it a point whenever I'm with somebody that has, like, higher status than me, my phone's in my pocket. Yeah. Like, I'm not posting. I'm not bragging. Like, no. it, it is about the relationship. I agree. And then that could come later, but... It, well, and some people, it comes really natural to them as well. Right. Right? Like, that's part of who they are. Right. Like, hey, let's take a picture. Like, okay. I would never like my wife always gets mad at me. She's like, did you get a picture of the kids' soccer game? I'm like, yes, yeah, I'm horrible. <laughs> no, why would I do that? I hate the phone. You know, she's like, because to get a picture of them, I'm like, oh crap, no. It's no, almost it, easier in the camcorder yeah. these days, right? Yeah, yeah. seriously. Reason, right? We always make jokes like uh, we were when my buddy Sunny, we were in Brazil and we're in the car and we're driving. And we're on this long drive. I was doing a, a, a retreat, a fitness retreat out there. And every time he'd take a photo on his phone and goes, there's a photo I'm never going to look at again. <laughs> there's a photo so I'm true. never going to look at again. And I'm like, so it's true, man. Yeah. But you still take them. Yes. <laughs> you know, you still do it. It's the principle. You do it for the just in case. You wind up disposables. Like, you only have 24. <laughs> that's Dude, that's true. Like, if you're going to take the picture, <laughs> don't waste make it, it make worth it. Matter. it. Don't you got to pay to <laughs> process it. Like, that was much easier back then. You didn't waste your pictures. Yeah. But yeah, no, you're totally right. And it's, yeah, phones are really, it's totally changed everything. Yeah. Like, our whole social structure is mm-hmm. com- changed forever because yep. of phones. It's it's really crazy. Like the extra we can't stress. Change it, no. So we have to adapt. Right. Uh, I'm good at saying that. Yeah. Yep. It's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. So let's figure out how to use them responsibly. That's I right. know. do not have children. I have a dog. You do. And I don't even know if I want children. You but have if mine. I you possibly mine. did. I think you'd you know, be a pretty awesome mom. People tell me that, yes. and I'm like, that terrifies me. No, you, you're you're one of those people so that acts good. tough, but you're just a sweetheart. I am a total softy. Yeah, <laughs> you are. I always say I'm, I'm definitely awesome. a lover, not a fighter. But right. I will I will go to bat. Well, for right. people that I love, like I'm very very protective. For sure. But I also am someone who's like, oh yeah, and then I get up, I you know I get up to be like, deal with some nonsense, thinking I'm gonna like you know be, be really tough tough and then, I'm just, <laughs> and then my first reaction is like all right let's just talk about it <laughs> we can fix this we can solve it oh we that's can't totally okay, me. i'll get in a fight i put i played hockey my whole life i'll fight with somebody and then after the, after the game i'll just be like hey bro 
I'm sorry. My name's Cameron. Nice <laughs> to meet you. That's so cute. Then we'll become friends. Like I, I'm totally like that. But it's so you can be both. It's yeah, a good. Yeah. It's a good balance. You but can I was be gonna say, you know, if point. I were gonna do it, I would. I'd homeschool. And I was a kid that grew up being like homeschool. Homeschool kids home were weird. School, and then you won't homeschool. And then anymore. you realize you pay taxes for babysitting. <laughs> telling you. I mean, listen, I don't have children, and I've yet to have them. But by the time I do, I will make sure I'm in a financial situation where I'll homeschool the kids, but not personally. I'll hire a teacher. Because I I, if crazy. I if I was teaching them, they'd be screwed. I mean, I can teach some stuff. You can. You know, school hard knocks. <laughs> I can teach them real stuff. <laughs> you teach me a lot of stuff. You know, but uh, <laughs> it's more so because I genuinely, I would figure it out because I genuinely, when I'm around like my nieces and nephews and just hearing about like, it's just, you know, when I was growing up, you went through different types like bullying and like how kids were. And, um, and the fact that it just seems like it's even, it just feels harder. Um, it's just scary. And like, I, who knows what it'd be like by the time I pushed one out. <laughs> <laughs> Grew them up. <laughs> Grew them up. You know, it's kept them alive. <laughs> you guys are like, well, you know, but that's really, I just want to let you know, that's what happens. You push them out. So right, right. that's the reality. Oh, Some people get a little bit. Case you didn't know. Did you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh boy. But yeah. The idea of, and part of that too, though, is um, like when I was growing up, I spent a lot of time outside. So like I didn't get a phone. I got a cell phone finally when I was, I want to say maybe like 14 and the only reason my mom got me one is maybe even like maybe 13, like the summer right before I turned 14. My mom got one because I was at the dance studio constantly yeah. and I would be there till 9 p.m. at night. And it was during the summer. You'd be there all day. And if it was during school, I went there after school and I was there all night till like 9 p.m. And so it was more so because then she knew she could get a hold of me. Right. If I needed her at any point, I could call her. And that was what it was. That's you know, how things were, but I spent a lot of time outside and out, you know, yeah, a lot of kids are losing that now. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. It's, it, that's, that's the scary thing. Cause I mean, we all know what 20 minutes, like how quick 20 minutes can go by when you're on mm -hmm. the phone. I know. Just disappears. But a kid, yeah. like, I mean, they'll sit there for four hours if you let them oh, and yeah. just be locked yeah. in. I know. Did you ever do the 1-800 collect thing? Like oh, when you're at practices. So when I was in basketball practice, yeah, you go to a payphone and you dial one eight hundred collect, and it, when it would say "please state your name," you'd be like, "Mom, I'm done. Come get me." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I did that surfing growing up, so that way you didn't have to pay for a phone yep. call and you didn't have a cell phone. We but that's how you let your mom know, "Come get you." You're like oh San gosh, Quentin Penitentiary. So <laughs> <laughs> mom, I'm done. Come get me. God, that's no. Good. It's true. Kids will never deal. Like I was telling somebody the other day, I grew up in Southern California, and my mom would just drop me off at nine ten years old at the beach to yeah. surf on yeah. like all yeah. day long and we'd like get out of the water we'd go to a jack-in-the-box across the street yeah ask for a water a lemon wedge and then we get sugar like sweet and low make like le free lemonade like we no, just yes. have this whole like thing down like to think of a 10 year old one i know. dropping them off to go surfing i know all day, no cell phones yep. and that's what we did i made a collect call saying come get us <laughs> <laughs> and she knew exactly Mom, where I'm to go. And yeah, it was the best. Kids just don't have that anymore. And that's, you know, I think that we need to do more as parents to give them those situations where, like, you let your boys go golf. Like, that right there is a, like, so many parents won't do that at their age. Just yeah, let I'm them scared. go out and be in the world by I'm themselves scared. a little bit. Even, even, yeah. as, even as small as um, uh, walking to school. Totally. In a group. 
I mean, Absolutely. even like when I, I remember when I finally, when I was in elementary school and we all sort of, we would meet at like the, the neighbor's house at the top of the street. We'd all get together and we'd walk right. to school and we'd walk home. And I remember me being older and my sister now has kids and them talking about them riding their bikes to school. And I was like, you can't let them do that. Isn't I that know. So we <laughs> like, what? It's going to get kidnapped. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and like, then you hear, I, I mean, there's all the stuff on the news about the, there's you so know, much. See, all that stuff was there. We just didn't. Was it? Yes. It, we, just, we just didn't know about it. That's it. Like, think about it. We have access See, to every bad story worldwide at our fingertips. See, here's the thing, though. And that's all we hear because I get fear scared sells. because my kids are in the public eye a little bit. Yeah. And that, so that and does worry me. For sure. And that's very different. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, but it don't nobody care about me. <laughs> no, you walk. You can walk anywhere you want. You can walk anywhere you want. Well, and kids are sharper than we give them credit for because you do need to teach them. Like, hey, if there's something that's like making the hair stand up a little yeah. bit, like something's off, stay away. Yep, stay away. They need to know how to deal with that situation. Yeah, if sure. we don't give them those tools, that's it's why true. they're saying right now there are more kids in their 30s living at home than ever before. Really? Yep. It's my like, kids. Longer 18, you're out. Longer and longer and longer. Wow. And it's because they just never really grew up. Underst- figured out how. They've just yeah. been kind of babied and shell. And we don't. We think that we're protecting kids, but yeah. really we're just we're, we're enabling them. them and hurting. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. But it is. Sure. It is. It's a tough. It's a tough, tough thing. But it's a. It's a. Wor- it's a weird world to live in, especially in our age group. Well, I'm 41. I don't know. I mean, you're what 35, but. You know, I grew up when there was no phones. Mm-hmm. Like I, I remember having a cell phone right after I graduated high school. My dad's like, "Chuck this in your glove box," and unless like you don't open it or you don't call me, unless you get in a rollover accident. Yeah, yeah, by the it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like the big like, like fifty <laughs> cents a minute or something crazy. I remember yep. that. Back yeah, then. and then I went on a mission, and then all of a sudden I got home. I'll never forget it. I came home with a blown out knee, mm-hmm. and I'm on a. I'm on like a golf cart in the Dallas airport and this dude behind me is just like, Hey, what's up? And I turn around, I'm like, Oh, nothing, man. How are you? And he just kind of goes like this. Oh, and he had Bluetooth? a headphone in. No, not blue. There, okay. That wasn't there yet. Okay. But just a headphone plugged into his phone. He just goes like, Oh, are you it? listening <laughs> to music? And then he lifts up his phone. It's this tiny little like Nokia. I'm like, is that a phone? <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> oh. I'm in Chile, like I don't. Yeah. Know yeah. Anyway, it was Black just magic of an iPod, dude. It was well. That's the thing, and that didn't even exist yet. But all of a sudden, like I, I leave for Chile, I come back, and the whole world is wow. changed. I, I and I'm so yeah. grateful I grew up without yes that crap. Me too. Like I really am. Like it. I don't so know how I. kids do it. So it is hard in our age group because even you guys like. You're 38, so we're pretty yeah, close, good job. right? And so, did I tell you that, or did you Google it? <laughs> you, no, you mentioned it a few minutes ago, but I mean, you you remember the I difference. do, but I even remember that big time. How old are you, Brooke? 31. 31. So I mean, when you were little, it still wasn't like every kid had a phone yet. No, yeah. no you one know? did. No, no one did. Exactly. And you know what's happening? I I was actually I was referencing this for myself, but it, now it just makes sense that it's turning into something that. Uh, all the all the kids that are growing up in this, they're in the middle of it. But there's this this invisible race of like social media. You know, it's like there's this invisible race that you're in and you you need to do more. And you don't quite know what more is, but you always feel like you're behind. Yeah. And you're less than everyone else sure. around you. 
and you and that's like a big issue for yeah. I mean not just for kids like for adults for everyone yeah. but like having that oh, constant sure. feeling of like you just can't get ahead yeah. when in reality that means nothing it doesn't yep. exist it doesn't that exist concept of being there or finished you're never gonna be there ever yeah ever you yeah. guys I I have a guy waiting for me at, <laughs> at oh, Starbucks oh. and five thirty or at five five yeah. oh no we're late we're late. <laughs> You made us wait. It's fine. <laughs> it's fair. Whoa. True. It's fair. No, you're worth it. You're awesome. This was great. Thank you. We'll have to do it again. Where can they find you? I know we have tons of stuff you guys are both up yes. to. We didn't get to talk about. So really That's quick. Okay. Let's we'll, at least. We'll have to do it again. Let's talk um, real quick. On Instagram, at Instagram, Facebook, all that fun stuff. I'm at real Heidi Powell. Website is HeidiPowell.net. Okay. You can find all the stuff. And there's lots of stuff going on. There is. We have an app. We have supplements. We have coaching. I have my own life coaching stuff. We got skincare. You know, she and I have a skincare company here in Utah. No way. Really? Yeah. Very cool. Athea. Athea? A-A-T-H-I-A. Yeah. Awesome. That's a whole different conversation on why it's here in Utah with Arizona and California. I Oh, well. A lot of reasons. We'll have to talk about it next time because yes. I have a guy waiting at Starbucks right. for me. It's not a date. It's not a date. <laughs> it is I, not husband number three. It is, and I'm a watcher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here just to observe and report. Brooke, what about you? <laughs> oh, um, on Instagram and YouTube and oh, yeah, I'm Facebook. On YouTube too. I think I think my Facebook. I really don't do Facebook, guys. Um, but at Brooke Entz. Awesome. And I have an Inst- a YouTube channel that's awesome. Go like and subscribe. I got it. that's what yes. I'm really trying to pump right now. And I am doing many things just like Heidi. But if you uh if you want to follow along, those are the best places to do so. So I'll be Amen. following. You guys are a riot. Thank I you hope guys you really for coming do on. come back. Yeah. We, well, thank you for really thank you for thank you for, you know, High just five. giving me that push to sit in this chair. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, All we right. should we should have them go check out our we just posted a YouTube video together. <laughs> oh, we we'll we'll link on it. My channel. We'll it's on it. Heidi Powell channel. Done. Yeah, check and out Heidi's Brooke, YouTube too. Brooke is, she's hilarious. She brings me out of my shell. That's for sure. Awesome. All right, <laughs> let's get you barbecue and Starbucks. All right, Come let's on. do it.